Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, it's Dave here from Vikings First and Skull with Two Old Bloggers. Welcome to the Two Old Bloggers. On this episode, I'll be discussing the Minnesota Vikings preseason finale against the Arizona Cardinals with you. We'll be focusing on the three main themes, the standout performances from players like Jaron Hall and Dwayne McBride, tough roster decisions facing the team, and the potential impact of players on the team, I hope to be providing some insightful, if not entertaining, analysis and engaging discussion with you on all things Vikings football. So sit back, relax, and let's dive into the latest episode of Two Old Bloggers. Vikings First and Skull presents This Week in Vikings Land with Darren and Dave, your two old bloggers. Hey everybody, it's Dave here and Darren is not, unfortunately. Darren is in British Columbia getting his daughter situated in college, which is cool. Plus, he's also working the fire, so I'm going back to the original screen of just me. Now, for a quick fire update from Darren, before we get into the Vikings game from yesterday, Darren posted to me yesterday that the fire is still about 15 kilometers away from Yellowknife. Big winds are shifting, though. However, today, and he read that the temperatures are still over 20 degrees Celsius, which is higher than normal. And I can tell him about higher than normal down here in Austin. Fire may grow a little closer to the city if that happens. A lot of volunteers are working on the fire lines and fire breaks and sprinkler lines and such since the evacuation order, which should help protect the city to some extent. And for Darren, we hope that is the case. Now, it's time to get into the game. On Saturday, August 26th. Yesterday, the Minnesota Vikings wrapped up their preseason with a tough 18-17 loss to the Arizona Cardinals. Although the game was a loss, it provided an opportunity for the Vikings to bench and practice. Uh, It provided an opportunity for the Vikings bench and practice squad players to showcase their abilities and for the coaching staff to 
help make the tough decisions that are coming down here in the next couple days as they select the final roster. One standout player was Jaron Hall, the reason for the thumbnail. The rookie led the team on a strong 10-play, 75-yard touchdown drive in the first quarter. Hall's quick decision-making made some good throws, including a 21-yard completion to receiver break Prohl, who didn't drop it this time. However, he struggled with pocket movement and at times was sacked three times in the first half, which is not good, showing that there's still work to be done. And I don't think any of you guys would disagree with that there's work to be done. Despite his struggles, Hall had an impressive preseason and showed that he has potential to make a considerable impact in the future and may develop into a functional, and I'm going to use that word, functional NFL quarterback. Am I saying he's going to be a franchise quarterback? No, I'm not saying he's going to be a franchise quarterback. But could he be a functional quarterback? Yes, I do believe he can be. And just compare him to what we saw with the now currently unemployed Kellen Mond. So, it's, I think, especially in that first half, it was a good thing to see. Now, busting up this game into two halves because of the steady substitutions that came in and out to lesser quality players, I think it's necessary. What did you all think of Hall's first half of play? I'm curious. Stephen Power says, hey, Dave, go Cousins. Yeah, we're going to get to see him here in two weeks. Finally, we get to see the starters in two weeks. Hey there, Yogi. How you doing, my brother? And uh, I want to say hi to everybody who's here. The lovely and beautiful Miss Mary, Purple Haze, Skull for Life. Yogi, of course, Davy Chains, my man. And who else is in there? Skull Mafia, Purple Gang. Yeah, you betcha, baby. My worthless opinion. And anybody else that I missed, I apologize. And I know Norsefius is lurking in the background. That's okay. That's quite okay. Well, in the first half, I thought Hall did decent. I thought he played rather well. He made some good choices. He made some decent throws. He moved the team down smoothly, especially on that first drive. That was great. I like that. And then it started to deteriorate in the second half. Now, was that all on just because the players that came in and were around him, as we're seeing second, third, and fourth string stringers come in? Yeah, that's part of it, without a doubt. Uh, MWO says he sees Hall having a long career as a backup. Hey, MWO, that's a great way to have a good career in the NFL. You don't take much pressure. You sit holding a clipboard, and you make decent money. Hey, I'd be, I'd be, you know, absolutely all for it. See, I told you Norsefius was here. In the second half, the players won't make, a lot of those players won't make the team that were on the field. 
Hall struggled to find open receivers and threw an interception in the fourth quarter. However, he completed a tight window throw, which was wonderful. You all saw it. Just he didn't loft it. It was nice. Low trajectory through the window. This guy's doing this and boom for the reception. And he also improvised on that fumbled snap, which was good. So, and he set the team up for the Vikings late go-ahead field goal, which we all know what's happened there. Kicking's going to be the bane of this team as usual. But it's the preseason, so. And it was 54 yards. For those that want to say, hey, it was 54 yards. People miss 54 yards. Yes, they do in the NFL. But more and more kickers are making more and more of those. And we want to see Greg Joseph do that versus hitting it about 15, 20 yards right. But hey, Hall showcased some of his quick decision-making on a good throw and demonstrated his his athletic ability. He was able in uh, uh, run play actions to get out, get open, throw plays, or throw good passes. He was able to scramble at times. That just Those are things we want to keep and hold on to. Those are good things that he can do that. Now, we also want a developer... Coach O'Connell wants to develop him even more, but I'm not worried. I think he's a good developmental prospect to have, unlike Kellen Mond was. Hall, unfortunately, also threw some ugly balls in the second half, including that interception. I don't know if the receiver ran the the wrong route or if Hall made the wrong read or what it was, but it wasn't. A pretty interception whatsoever. Overall, he finished 16 for 27 for 178 yards, one touchdown, one interception, and a 78.6 passer rating. Not bad for a fifth-round rookie, in my opinion. As I've said before, doing the studying the numbers, no fifth-rounder has ever become a franchise quarterback. And if he can, he'll be the first one. But we're getting more out of him than I Expected. So that's a good thing. Now, KOC, after the game, was asked, would he want to keep him around and ideally develop him? And I took the clip and I forgot to load it. What's up with that, David? Let's see if I can find it real quick. And do just that. Here we go. Yeah, I, I would definitely like to, to keep him around. And, um, you know, I think, uh, you know, my philosophy uh, when you're going to draft a quarterback, I think, you know, you've you pour into him on a daily basis. Development is a huge word, but um, I love the fact that we got him as many reps as we did this camp. Um, not only just in the preseason games, but Chris and Grant did a good job working them in when they could, you know, even with the second offense throughout the early part of camp. Uh, we did a lot of developmental periods, threes on threes, kind of throughout training camp. So I feel like Jaron, um, you know, has a really, really good uh, understanding of our offense, where he can grow, uh, where his comfort level can grow, and, and hopefully 
uh, hit the ground running the next opportunity that he gets. Now, my question to you is, what's that next opportunity? Do you think Coach O'Connell's already got his mind made up? Is he already banging on Quasi's desk? He needs to make the 53-man roster. I want him here. Do you think that's going to happen? Or will he be released come Tuesday afternoon at 3 p.m. Central? What do you think? I think he loves him. I just, that's me personally. That's Dave. I think he loves him. I think he's going to keep him. I think he's going to make the roster. But we're going to find out. On the defensive side of the ball, fourth-round safety, Jay Ward made a number of plays, including a strip sack on the Cardinals quarterback that led to the Vikings' touchdown in the first quarter, and it was a beautiful thing. The defensive line also gave Arizona some problems with Sheldon Day knocking down a pass, drawing a holding penalty, and creating several more pressures and a tackle for a loss. Rookie defensive tackle Jaqueline Roy also made an impact in his first work, plowing a Cardinals guard back into the quarterback to create a third down pressure. Gotta love that. Hey, keep it up, Jaqueline. Make that happen. And you also had Luigi Villain, who had a good game fast around the edge. He had a, he had a sack, but I believe it was called back for a penalty, unfortunately. It was those guys, and remember, all these are second, third, and fourth stringers of the bunch, those I named, I thought had pretty decent games. On one of the interviews I heard with Coach O'Connell, he said that Coach Flores asked him if he wanted to show that blitz, talking about the Jay Ward blitz. He decided to, and we all loved it. But was it the right choice to show that blitz in the preseason? And that's what I'm asking you. Do you think that was the right choice or not? Norsefius, it is beer 30. And today I'm drinking beer because it is an ungodly 107 here in Austin, Texas. Now, Kevin O'Connell says, hey, it's no big deal. People are going to know we're going to run this blitz. We're not hiding anything from them, so let's run it. And it worked. Now, Jay Ward's a backup. I can't wait to see that when it's Harry the Hitman Smith because it's going to be awesome. And we're going to see a lot, lot more than that. Anyways... Skull there, Drewster. I can't wait to watch your show after I finish this one. And folks, if you do not know, Drew Bunting is a third of the Drew and Ted show. Of course, Ruby is uh, one of the three of that show, and he has a great show. And it got put out late today, so after this show, go check it out. That's Vikings Report with Drew and Ted. Thanks for showing up there, Drew. I appreciate it. Now, Dwayne McBride, the Vikings running back, looked impressive in his third game. 
finally, I mean, I shouldn't say finally, he was horrible in game preseason game one. He got a little better in preseason game two, but preseason game three against the Cardinals yesterday, I thought he looked pretty impressive. He got better. Now, he made a leap over the line for the touchdown and continued to play well throughout the drive up to that point. He showcased some of his running back skills, pardon me, and the ability to press lanes to open up more space. Aaron Dykes, who had only fourth quarter duty, looked, meh. He didn't look as good as he did last week against the Titans, and I'd I'd wanted him to, because especially on the kickoff returns, I thought he did fantastic. But yesterday, Prater was blasting him through the end zone, and nobody was returning him. It's just the way it was. Now, my question to you all is, as Dykes didn't show as well as he did against the Titans, and that's understandable. He won. He didn't get the kickoff returns, but I don't think he showed as well in the run, and he was basically with the third and fourth string lines. Did he or McBride either do enough in yesterday's game to make the final 53? What do you think? And yes, Holden, I do think McBride needs more reps. I would say the same for Dykes. But I think McBride definitely needs more reps. Do they make the final 53, or are we hoping that we can snag them on the practice squad? I'm not sure either one of them make it. It's all going to depend on Kene Nwangu and his status and how many backs they want to keep. Because we know we got Madison, we've got Chandler, there's your one and two. Kene is a mystery. That's possibly three. And then you have C.J. Ham, and they're not getting rid of C.J. Ham. So it should be interesting to see. <laughs> Davey, I like this. From a culinary standpoint, watching these guys is like watching a serving of caviar on spam. That's funny. That is funny. And <laughs> brings back old memories of the Gulf War and the can of spam we'd have. It wasn't the little can of spam you could buy in the store. No. That sucker was a five-gallon job. They opened that sucker up and go, and it would suck its way out of the can straight into the pan. And they go, how would you like your powdered eggs with that? <laughs> oh, the memories, Dave. Davey, the memories. Um, my worthless opinion thinks Dyke should show a little bit more, but neither were impressive. Dr. Proto didn't watch the game. Guess it was like fasting. Dr. Proto, the first half was decent. The second half was a snooze fest. And that's the way it works. Sometimes in the preseason. Well, we'll find out. And uh, Yogi's talking about Roy. We'll get to Roy here shortly, I do believe. There, Yogi, he's in my notes. The game also revealed the results of the battle for depth spots at receiver, or at least gave us an insight to them. Jalen Rager was starting and played the majority of the game, and Tristan Jackson caught a 19-yard pass from Hall. Brown, Brandon Powell had a strong camp, but 
did not play and may be traded to create cap space. Yeah, possible. It seems odd to me that with 45 players sitting yesterday, and there were 45 players that were in ball caps, and four that would have played per Coach O'Connell if they hadn't had boo-boos, and he you know, took the, well, we want to make sure they're 100% healthy route, that I don't know if Rager would have gotten as many reps as he did or who. My question is, with Rager getting all those reps, is he making the 53-man? Or were they showcasing him for a trade or release, you know, putting all that extra, hey, look how good he's looked in the preseason. Who wants him? We're opening the bids. Let's open the bids. I'll open it with a fifth. Do I hear a fifth, 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 right? I don't know if that's their line of thinking. I don't know what you guys would think. Does Rager stay or does Rager get released? If we trade him, that's all the better. Then we get something. What would you think he's worth? I do think he improved this season, this offseason, and this preseason. He didn't drop passes. He didn't stop on routes. He ran what looked like correct routes. So I'm curious what you guys thought of Jalen Rager yesterday because he had a decent game. And if I haven't said hello to you, and I see Jonathan got in here as well, hello. Now, in terms of the offensive line, and you can call it offensive, yes. The starters are set from left to right, as we know. Christian Derrissaw, Ezra Cleveland, Garrett Bradbury, Ed Ingram, and Brian O'Neill. While the backups are still sort of taking shape. Oliudo, Vidarian Lowe, and Austin Schlotman are clear-cut backups at tackle and center, respectively. Or are they? It depends on how many they want to keep. Now, when it comes to Blake Brandle, I think he's locked to make the team. He was the best backup all preseason, without a doubt. But the other guys, I don't know how they're going to work. How many guys they're going to keep and how they're going to work it. And if they're wanting to replace people, everybody's heard of Dalton Risner. Well, supposedly the issue with Risner, like I said before, there was multiple possibilities of why he hadn't signed was that he wanted a guaranteed start and he wanted a guaranteed $8 million. And the Vikings said, mm-mm. Mm-mm. We're saving money. We're in money-saving mode. We have better things to spend on. Now, what happens after Tuesday is anybody's guess. Because suddenly you're going to have a whole lot of people out of work. And maybe the Vikings go shopping. And if Dalton Risner says, well, all right, I do want to play and get paid somewhat. Who knows? He may come back. Otherwise, no. Yogi says, trade Rager to the Bears for Travis Gibson. I trade Rager to anybody as long as we got some, you know, something back in return. Hey there, Aaron. 
We may, Aaron says we must be keeping a list. Sign them after week one. That's a possibility too, because then you don't get the veteran or the vested guaranteed salary all year or however that works. And I'm cool with that too. They want to wait. But I would like to see the regular starting line play for once. I want to see the starters play for once. I don't know about you. I fully understand why KOC doesn't play starters during the preseason. It makes perfect sense to me why he does that. Do I like it, though? No, I do not like it. I like to see those guys getting some playing rep and getting some time together at full speed. Now, he'll say, yeah, but we do the joint practices. Well, the joint practices are fine, but you're still not tackling. So... I don't know. We'll get to see the starters play here in two weeks, two weeks from today against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But we'll see. Yes, Dean, we need depth of the O-line. That's the whole idea. And why that did that, I don't know. There we go. Now, was there any encouragement to be taken yesterday from those backups on the O-line? Did Was there any of them that you thought, hey, that might work, other than break Brandell? Any of them? Schlotman? Sokol? Sokol had a decent game. I just, I don't know. But now, the deficiencies on the O-line, trust me, league-wide, there's deficiencies on the O-line. Across the board, nobody has a great set of backups. They don't exist. They're not available. They just, there's, for quality offensive linemen, there is an over-demand and an under-supply. Now, part of that is comes from the fact that football has changed in college, right? And they're playing more spread type offenses, any offensive linemen don't have to do as much. Another part of that is that a lot of high school programs back in the day, which had full-blown 11-on-11 linemen stuff grooming up, don't exist anymore. A lot of them have gone to 7-on-7, and you're not getting that grooming of linemen from Pop Warner on up. That's why it's becoming more and more rare, and it's harder to find, and they're taking longer to develop once they are in the NFL. Now, is it, you know, I can hear the violins playing? Yes, I can. You know, it's just the opposite with running back. You got a plethora of them. And everybody wants to play running back. And you can do that on seven on seven because they have running back. Not linemen. And I think that's one of the problems with the NFL right now is everybody's looking for those great linemen. And hopefully you get at least five you know, or quality linemen across the board, and you can field a good line. But when it comes to backups, they're they're very few and far between, and when a team has them, they generally will not release them unless somebody pays a lot for them or they come to the end of their contract. Aaron talks about they're playing too many video games, too, and getting fat and slow. Yes, back in the day when... I'm old. Back in the day, you know, we went out and played all the time. We didn't have the electronic stuff. 
So it was, you know, come in when the lights come on or when dinner's called. And damn straight, we did that. We're out all day, you know, starting games to pick up baseball, basketball, football, frisbee, golf, whatever. We were doing all sorts of things on top of getting in trouble. <laughs> um, Giatano, linemen are making more money than running backs now, so the tide will eventually turn. I hope you're right. From your lips to Odin's ears, I hope you are right. But you are correct on the total dollar amounts. Now, left tackles have always made bank because you need good left tackles. But yes, across the board, if you get the top of the line guards, they're making right now a little bit more than running backs, top of the line running backs. Yes, they are. Now, it wasn't always that way, but it is now. You got that right. Aaron says, yep, don't be late for dinner. The preseason also helped resolve some concerns about the bench and who secured spots on the 53-man roster. Based on their performances in the game, 40 players looked to be locks, leaving approximately 13 spots open. Vikings will have to make tough decisions in the upcoming days. Like I just read that before. To include Rager or Reed or Rager or Tristan Jackson. But there's also the question of will they keep Kenei Nwongu or Chris Reed? Both have been out with some mysterious undisclosed injuries. Now, Chris Reed suffered his outside of football, where supposedly Kenei suffered it inside of football. And Reed's been on the NFI list, whereas Kane has been on the straight pup. Now, do they make the squad? The question is, for Kane or Chris Reed to make the squad, they have to make the team, the 53-man team, on Tuesday, and then on Wednesday, they can be put on IR with designations to return. Or they could be released. And out of the four, Jalen Rager, Tristan Jackson, Kenny Nwangu, and Chris Reed, who's on the roster as of Tuesday at 3 p.m.? Who do you think's there? I think they all four could be gone. It's going to be interesting to see how KOC and Quasi work this. Are they going to... <clears throat> try to release a couple of players that they want back just to keep Kenne and Chris Reed on the team for that day and hope they don't get scarfed up? I don't know. It's going to be fun to watch. I don't think we've uh, had this sort of scenario before, especially not with these two running the show. So I don't know. Dr. Proto, it's just a tweak. Yes, Dr. Proto, it's just a tweak. You got that right. Aaron says, Kenny could be gone, and I think he can. I think Chris Reed could be gone, too. I, I have no idea. That's why I find it fascinating. It's going to be interesting. Aaron says, Kenny seems one-dimensional. Well, we have seen him carry the ball. Yes, he does, but has he developed? I mean... 
Maybe he developed over the offseason like everybody else tends to develop. I don't know. I We haven't seen anything. You know, he was there at OTAs, and he was doing okay. He had moved into the RB2 spot. Well, maybe that was good. And then it's a tweak. I have no idea. Diatano thinks all four are gone. Could be. And there'll be so many free agents available that are better than those guys. That's probably the case. And they might be gambling on that. Hey, you got a Wall Street trader. And Quasi, you know he's watching the market. He's sitting there and going, who's released? And he's probably got a ticker tape going, you know, across the deal, across his computer. Eagles, release this. Rams, release this. I'll stay away from the Rams. We've got enough of those players. You know, and it'll go on that way. And they'll make calls. I don't know. You know, hopefully he's got his roller decks built up. Everybody's on speed dial. He can make a move as quickly as he needs to to get them on board. Aaron says, watch Hunt after week one. Mm, Could be. So, overall, the preseason game did not accomplish the Vikings' goal of winning against the Cardinals. And we're 0-10 in the last 10 preseason games. 0-6 for for O'Connell. But hey, it's preseason. But it did help to resolve some concerns about our bench, at least hopefully. The game showcased some unexpected performances, particularly by Darren Hall. I didn't expect him to look as good as he did. I'm happy he did. And Dwayne McBride. I didn't expect Dwayne McBride to suddenly step up. Who could potentially make a considerable impact if he continues to develop. And same with Hall. The Vikings will now have to make some tough decisions here in the next two days. And I'd love to be a fly on the wall inside Quasi's office to see how they've got things racked and stacked and where they want to go. Mary, your team, your worry for this team is depth. And you probably asked 32 other teams and they're going to say the exact same thing. But yes, our depth in certain position groups is weak. There's a couple of position groups we're strong in, wide receiver and safety. I think we're deep in those groups. But when it comes to O-line, interior D-line, corners even, (laughs) that's a little weak. So, mm -mm mm-mm-mm. Yes, Aaron, Hall seems to be KOC's golden boy, and, uh, Cousins will be gone after this year. I I don't know what their plan is for Cousins. That's quite possible. They're setting up for that. Money-wise, it could make sense. It, it will all depend on how Kirk is Kirk. If Kirk has adopted his new persona with the ice, you know, and all the Kirko chain stuff, and he goes out and balls out and wins us the Super Bowl, hey, he's back. But if he reverts to old Kirk, eh, they're going to let him go. I don't know. Or falls off the cliff because he's 35. Like I said before, 35 is the age you watch 
quarterbacks go off the cliff, start to deteriorate. You know, a running back, it's 27. Uh, defensive lineman, it may be 31. Defensive end, they can play to 34. You know, stuff like that. Quarterback, it's 35 as that number. So, I don't know. Mary, if we lose one, it's not necessarily that we're in trouble because the other 10 on whatever unit that is will compensate. It's not like losing a whole offense or a whole defense. Now, if we lose Kirk Cousins, yes, that's throw in Jaron Hall. I don't even want to see Mullins at that point. I mean, Mullins will play the rest of whatever game Kirk got injured in and then throw in Jaron Hall. But GMAC, he wins the Super Bowl. That would be a perfect time to dump him. Man, or convince him to retire. I think it would. But who knows? We won't. We won't find out. We've still got the season to be played. And you should be excited about that because the team looks decent. They look competitive. They look like they can win a good amount of games. Now, have we seen the first stringers play yet? No. We've read all about them. We've talked all about them. We've talked how Brian Flores is making that defense just absolutely miserable for opposing offenses and our Vikings offense, for one. We see Jordan Addison making great catches during training camp. If he can stay healthy, do we know that'll help J.J.? Because that'll pull some of those. I should say it'll help J.J. They're still going to double-team J.J. until they get burned enough by Addison. And you're going to have defensive coordinators going bald after that. Pulling their hair out, trying to figure out how to cover those guys. And when they get that figured out, they're going to lose to T.J. Hawkinson. If Hawk ever gets over his mysterious illnesses, his ear infection, and his back spasms, and whatever comes next in the list of things he goes through to press for his extension. Steven says, we still have yet to see Flores' D at full throttle. We're not going to until two weeks from now. And then during the games... He'll run it at full throttle as long as he needs to, and then they'll back off a little bit, right? If the Vikings, you know, get a 2-3 touchdown lead, let's back off. We don't have to show everybody everything. Hey, cool. Yeah, GMAC Hawkinson has a wallet infection. Yeah, I think that is too. Dr. Proto, wallet spasms. You got that right. Hey, speaking of wallet, who would like to go see or have the possibility of going and seeing the Vikings versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers week one at U.S. Bank Stadium? What if I tell you Fans Fans First Sports Network is giving away a package 
of four tickets to the game of your choice week one. It's only week one. Now, if you're in Minnesota, obviously that's going to be the Vikings versus the Bucks. If you're somewhere else in the country, you could still win and go to whatever local game that is. But you have a chance to win. And it is four, like I said, it's a package of four free tickets valued up to $5,000. It's tickets of your choice. You can choose the seats of the available seats up to four seats together up to $5,000. That's a $1,250 ticket. Where does a $1,250 ticket get you inside U.S. Bank? That's lower bowl. That's just about anywhere in the lower bowl. So it's real simple. All you got to do is go over to contestfansfirstsports.com. I'll repeat that. Contest.fansfirstsports.com and fill out the appropriate information. That's it. Simple. Easy peasy. And once you've done that, you're registered to win those four free tickets. The contest or the registration goes through September 4th. So you'll have time for notification. And if you win the four free tickets, by all means, take advantage of them because they're going to be nice seats. And if Fans First Sports is going to pay for it, (laughs) oh, yeah, baby. It doesn't cost anything to enter. Just go in there and put in the information and you're entered. What's the worst that can happen? You'll be watching it on TV like me. So I wish I could enter. I can't because I'm, quote, an employee of Fans First Sports. But you can. So I would highly suggest that you go do it. The link again is contest.fansfirstsports.com. I will throw it up here real quick. Let's see if I can copy and paste. That would be even better. Boom. Bada bing, bada boom. There it is. So, hey. It's worth checking out. I would love some primo seats. That would be sweet. But, hey, only at Fans First Sports, which Vikings first in skull is the Vikings arm of. So, that's what it is. Hey, I want to say hello to everybody who's here. I see Rap joined us. Good to see Rap, my brother. And uh, anybody else that I missed, sorry about that. But I do appreciate you being here very, very much from my heart. Now, Darren should be here hopefully next week. Hopefully the fire, they'll finally get rain up there. Put the fire out, and he'll finally get back up to Yellowknife from his traveling. If not, he'll be back up in Alberta at his in-law's house and still working the fires because he can do that with his job. And then you'll get to see us that way. 
you know. Hey, now for what's happening this week in Vikings first and skull. Tomorrow night, we have the real Forno at 6 p.m. Central, live on the Vikings First and Skull YouTube page. Same one as this one. Tyler's going to be talking about his final 53-man projection and also the game. And I'm sure you're going to hear some loving and gushes all over Jaron Hall because that's Tyler. Nothing wrong with that. He likes him. Then Tuesday, that's right, you heard me say Tuesday, Instead of Wednesday, Tuesday, we're going live at 6 p.m. to go over who made that 53-man roster. And that should be a good show. As we argue about, ah, that was a dumb choice. What the hell is crazy thinking? You know, that sort of information. We'll find out. So it should be good. Drew, you can put in for those tickets. Go put in for them. It'd be fun. Dan says, U.S. Bank is fun. Everybody that I've talked to that's ever been there says it's the best place to watch a football game. I'm up with that. So, so that is your early schedule for this week. And then Wednesday, we'll get midweek musings from Justin Day over on the podcast side. So it's going to be a full week, folks. So keep your eyes and your ears and your mind engaged. And Vikings First and School will be there with you every step of the way. Now, I want to thank everybody for joining me today. Uh, Like I said, it's you right here. I hope you have a great rest of your Sunday. Enjoy good food, good beverage, of course, and have a great time with family and friends. And with that, what do we say? Skull Vikings! Like, subscribe, and ring the bell, and rate us on your favorite podcast aggregator. Darren and Dave, thank you for watching this episode of Two Old Bloggers. We look forward to seeing you on every show on the new Vikings First and Skull. You can find our podcast as part of the Fans First Sports Network. Sports takes for the fan, from the fan. Skull, everybody! This has been a Vikings First and Skull production. Part of the Fans First Sports Network.